What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three guys that would be killed immediately on this show with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and I just love when Jason Bateman says, yeah, I know it. I'm Keith Baker, and I think Ruth always has the best jams on. And I'm Austin Terry, and I feel I must ask again, where the hell was three this season? It's just a running joke at this point. Like, characters talk about the Langmore family, including Ruth, and even she, like, doesn't reference three. It's just like, I can't wait for the rest of my life with my friends. Oh, three. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> he lives on the Langmore property. Yeah, doesn't. So where I, is he? I don't even know anymore. I don't know. Like, it's, sometimes it seems like he doesn't. And then sometimes he walks out of the trailer like, hey, like, do you live here or not? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 90% of the time he's not there. And then every now and then he just walks in. She's like, hey. He's like, hey. hey. <laughs> I'm 30 now. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, uh, if you haven't guessed it already, on today's show, we'll be talking about the final season and series finale of Ozark on Netflix. But before we return to the cartel-infested bird saga, do you guys want to plan a quick vacation to the Ozarks? Well, you may be forgetting that, but I live in the Ozarks, so I'll just say, you don't want to go to the part where the birds live. Yeah, I guess that's true. You do technically live there, but that's kind of a testament to what this show does, because when I watch this show and I think about where you live, it's just not even the same thing to me. <laughs> like, I want to, <laughs> like, this show is just like, let's get on down in the dirty swamp. <laughs> That's the Ozarks now. Whenever we go visit you, Austin, it's all nice and sunny. There's nice restaurants and breweries. And then whenever you go to watch Ozark, it's like dark and muggy. Terrible. It's like they, yeah, it's like they're living in like 1920s London, just smog <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> So maybe for our quick vacation, you guys should just come see me, because if we go to where they live, Wendy Bird will probably shoot you. Actually, yeah. Okay, let's just go see Austin then. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we are back, of course, for the main topic of the show, the last bit of Ozark content. A few months ago, we talked about part one of the final season, which we didn't think was the best of the seasons, but we found a lot to like about it, and we were very curious as to what the part two is going to be. The show is never quite able to shake comparisons to Breaking Bad, with many calling it one of the greats of all time. But, as we know, even some of the greats can lose their way at the end. Over time, will Ozark remain in the pantheon of great shows, or did we just witness an ending that will remove it from the conversation? Austin and Keith, you both have been huge fans of this show since it premiered in 2017. I'm someone that tried watching the first season several times, but it never hooked me. I finally pushed through last year and didn't become a big fan until season three. We all had varying thoughts on season four, part one. So how about you guys remind me how you felt about those last batch of episodes and then give me your non-spoiler thoughts on Ozark season four, part two, a.k.a. the final season. Yeah, with part one, I was just happy to be back into the Ozark world. Um, I was surprised where they chose to spend time in part one. But overall, I did think it, it left us on a really interesting and fascinating cliffhanger to head into part two. And Coming into part two now, I, I got to say it's a lot slower than I thought it was going to be. Once again, I was very confused about the stories they chose to give time to. It felt like they were still trying to broaden the world that they've created here. But at the same time, we all know this is ending the season. So I felt like we kind of should have been a lot more focused on just the central story of the Bird family. Um, I still think all the performances are great. There's still a lot I liked about part two. I did think they actually stuck the landing with the overall ending of the show. But I do have a lot of questions about the route we took to get to that finale. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed part one. I think it's a little bit more forgettable than part two. Um, I did like the, the aspects of bringing Javi, uh, Omar's nephew, into the game. Um, what a creepy character. We got some surprising deaths in part one um, that I was not expecting. Going into two, man, I don't know. This one kind of dragged out for me a little bit. I found myself checking the time a lot on some of the episodes. Not to say this, it, this wasn't good. I just found it to be, like you said, Austin, a little bit slower. I think they lost a lot of their momentum that they had mm. breaking it out into two parts. I, after finishing part two, I think this should have just been one season that they released all at once. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if it stuck the landing for the ending for me on this one. I'm still kind of letting it simmer and trying to debate in my head whether I liked it or not. It was definitely weird and unexpected. But overall, I think the performances were still up there. Definitely got some really cool moments in part two. But I, I don't know. I think it just kind of slowed down, and I was hoping for some things to kind of play out that didn't that ended up not playing out. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think momentum's a good word to bring up. Um, it's something I think a lot about with just Ozark in general. Like I kind of said in the beginning, I mean, season one and two of Ozark, I thought were were strong. I thought they were good, but it it's it's always been kind of a slow burn of a show. Um, and like like I said, I didn't fall in love with it until season three. 
And to me, that's just kind of the pinnacle of what this show is. Um, yeah, season four, part one, I, there was a lot to like about it. But ultimately, I was like, I think you guys kind of nailed it. It's just this is this is kind of interesting. Like, why are we focusing so much on things that have little or nothing to do with the bird family? Like, I don't know. Like, why are there so many characters? I, I know I was like a broken record when we talked about this last time, but Ozark has almost to a comical degree a problem with side characters and like the amount that there are and then the amount that they continue to introduce. No spoilers, but Jesus, they did it again in the <laughs> final season. Um, I was laughing out loud when they introduced new characters sometimes. Um, but yeah, season four, part one, the best thing I could say about it was I was like, okay, this is actually good. They are building actual momentum. I don't like a lot that's happening, but I can't wait to see how this ends. And I got to say, guys, um, I think I hated it. I did not like season four, part two, really at all. Um, I think the performances are great. That kind of goes without saying with a show like this. It almost felt like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it felt like completely new writers, directors, producers, and everybody came aboard this season because it's like we're watching the same actors, but it, it feels like these aren't the same characters to me. It just feels like. I found myself constantly thinking back to like previous seasons and I was like, does this track like at all? And to me, it didn't. Um, it, yeah. It, like you guys already said, it just didn't focus on the birds for the final season. It just kept there's just all this other stuff going on and I just didn't care about it. Whenever we cut back to like Wendy and Marty, I was interested in like kind of the back and forth. Like I want to get out and does Wendy. It's kind of interesting to set that up in season four, part one. But yeah, ultimately, once we get to the end, I just don't even know what the point of this show was whenever I was watching the series finale. Like, whenever this is happening, like, there's a message that I took from it, but it's not an interesting one. So, to me, it just, yeah, it kind of fell apart. I think season three is always going to be my favorite. I was interested during season four, part one. But, yeah, man, this this um, this final season and the series finale is definitely going to keep Ozark out of, like, a list of great shows for me. I just kind of thought they botched it, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't say it said I loved the finale of the show, but I guess I just thought it fit the world. Um, and so maybe that loses points, maybe that gains mm -hmm. it points. I don't think they like ended it in the way that I think it's going to satisfy a lot of people, but I did think it was very fitting. Um, and, and Keith, you also mentioned that there was a lot of things you thought were going to happen and ultimately didn't. I kind of mm -hmm. feel that way too. There was a lot of stuff that I thought we were setting up for, and then a subplot would just end abruptly. And it's like, okay, I guess we're not even going that route anymore. Like, I feel like they did so many U-turns this season where we'd be going one direction. They'd be like, oh, wait, nope, nope. Got to revert back to this plan and back to another plan. Like, the birds change plans so many times in part mm. two. And it's only half of the season. I was shocked at how many times they couldn't just follow out one plan in this, in this final part. I think they also tried to redeem a lot of characters in this show. And mm -hmm. for the majority of the show, they have been so comfortable with their main characters not being good people and having other characters be like, you're not a good person. I, I don't want to be around you. And they kind of backpedaled on that, too, by the time we were wrapping things up. Like, I, it felt like they just really wanted to have a good goodbye to all of these characters instead yeah. of actually having a good story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These are characters that I've never really cared about saying goodbye to. But I like the characters. I just, like you said, Austin, perfectly like i just wanted a great story these characters are always part of a great story i didn't need like some happy ending not that i'm saying this has that i'm just saying yeah there was just like weird decisions i felt like on, on the writing side it's like i think they read the room wrong you know it's just like well everybody loves these characters we got to give them a great farewell and it's like no we, we just love the story that they're a part of so do a great story they just i think did the opposite unfortunately Unfortunately, I got to take down the poster of Wendy Bird on my wall that yeah, watches me while I sleep because I love this character so much. It seemed like the creators thought, like, God, every, we, we nailed it with Wendy. Everybody loves her. The kids love Wendy Bird. <laughs> it's like, no, what are you talking about? Real quick, guys, just one final thing before we leave non-spoiler mode. Would you, I know it's kind of a weird thing to say with TV, but how about this? Would you still recommend that people watch Ozark? You know, if people like start that haven't watch it or like oh, i was always wanting to watch it but i heard like the final season wasn't great would you still overall say that people should watch this show i'd say absolutely uh the, the highs on this show are extremely high and i think the journey to get to season four is a really interesting tv arc and has really great characters well everything in season four may not have worked i, I think majority of the good outweighs the bad for the totality of this show yeah i would absolutely recommend it as well and i would try to separate it from Breaking Bad, even though it does have a lot of Breaking Bad qualities, but I would go into it with just fresh eyes if, if you're starting it for the first time and just take it as its own thing. So I think it really does kind of 
it, it does kind of hold itself a little bit original. Um, so the characters are badass. The intensity of the entire show is really cool. I definitely would recommend it. I'm someone that's always been lower on it than you guys, but I think I would too. I think it's a, a show that should be watched just for kind of the character study and the story. Um, yeah, so check it out and we'll see if uh, – and then you can let us know if you get to season four and if you don't like it or not. So there you go. All right. Well, with that, I think there's really not much else we can say without getting into spoiler territory. So if you have not seen Ozark season four, part two, or you just haven't seen Ozark at all, I would say go and check it out and then come on back. We'll be waiting for you. Let's go. Let's get into spoilers now. All right. Welcome, everybody. Let's get into the nitty gritty of Ozark season four, part two. So just a quick catch up. Omar Navarro is now behind bars and his nephew Javi has taken over and killed Darlene Snell and Wyatt Langmore. The birds are still trying to get in good with the FBI so that they can return to a normal life. Things are getting a little tougher, though. Ruth wants revenge on Javi. Private investigator Mel Saddam is still investigating the birds. And Wendy's dad has just arrived in town looking for her dead brother, Ben. All right, so Ozark is, of course, created by Bill DeBecke and Mark Williams. Part two of season four saw episodes directed by Amanda Marsalis, Melissa Heckey, Laura Linney, and Jason Bateman. And our score for the show is composed by Danny Bensey and Sonder Jurianz. And going into our cast, we have Jason Bateman as Marty Bird, Laura Linney as Wendy Bird, Julia Garner as Ruth Langmore, Sophia Hublitz as Charlotte Bird, Skylar Gartner as Jonah Bird, Veronica Falcon, as Camilla Alessandro, Adam Rothenberg as Mel Saddam, Jordana Spiro as Rachel Garrison, Katrina Link as Claire Shaw, Jessica Francis Dukes as Maya Miller, Joseph Sakura as Frank Cosgrove Jr., Richard Thomas as Nathan Davis, Damian Young as Jim Rattlesdorf, Alfonso Herrera as Javi, and we got Felix Solis as Omar Navarro, and Tom Pelfrey guest starring as Ben Davis. All right, guys, there's a long cast and crew there. Any positives, any negatives, what do we got? I'm going to give a, it was nice to see you again to Tom Pelfrey as Ben Davis. His brief cameo in, in part two, I was like, man, I forgot how much I missed this character and how good this guy is in this role. Um, I think a standout for me for just overall season four will be Katrina Lank as Claire Shaw. I thought she was a fantastic supporting character. I, I really liked her background and the way she interacts with the birds and the cartel. Um, every time she got more involved with the story, those were kind of the most things I liked about season four. Um, so she's going to be my standout, I think, for this season. Yeah, I think, man, it's, they're all so good. It's hard to choose one. But I'll just shout out uh, Julia Garner again as Ruth Langmore. She always brings the heat to the table. Um, she definitely has a lot of standout scenes in this one. Gosh, she just is so intense and the emotions behind this. This girl is just insane. So, uh, yeah, I think she did a good job. The way she embodies the character of Ruth is incredible. I, I'm so happy Julia Garner was cast in the show and, and the fact that we got to see her like talents on display for four seasons. Yeah, me too, for sure. I think she's always been just such a standout on the show. I feel the same way with like Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, you know, obviously as our leads. They're, they're great. I think there's always going to be questions and weird feelings about what they do with the characters, but I still think those performances are great. Um, I don't know if I have like a standout. I think I think I'm kind of with you guys. Everybody was super good. I even liked Adam Rothenberg as Mel Saddam, a character that I was like, God, I was like rolling my eyes out of like all the way through season four, part one. I was like, why do they introduce this guy? I ended up kind of uh, really liking him and liking the performance. So I don't know. Maybe he's my highlight. I feel like they had a way by him hooking up with Maya. They had a way for him to be more organically involved in the story. Um, I still was like every time we cut back to him, I was like, why are there? He was like a shining example of. Why are there so many new characters in season four if we're ending the show? Yeah. And they had him link up with Maya in season four, part one, and she was more of the main character. And then in the finale, she just gets sidelined. Like she doesn't even have any consequences really for making the dumbest move in TV history of like arresting Omar Navarro. She just like <laughs> has to work in an office now. Like I, I, I remember saying on our other episode, like, man, she's getting killed for sure. And it's like, no, I guess nobody cares that you did that. <laughs> Uh, I'll also shout out Richard Thomas as uh, Nathan Davis, Wendy's dad. He was really good at this. Like even even though you, I wasn't really expecting him to be like a bigger character in this in this part two of the season. Oh, but... me too, Keith. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but I have a lot of a lot of qualms with this character, but the performance was good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Maybe his character stuff aside, uh, the performance was was really fun. 
All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and delve into a little more detail. Uh, let's get into our in-depth three-form discussion, guys. How about we start off with just some general thoughts? Are there any just standout points about this season that we haven't already mentioned? Can be anything spoilery, anything about the story, characters, whatever. Give me some general thoughts that we haven't mentioned already. Let's get into the fact that they chose to do this in part one and part two, because we did have, like, I think a month and a half break. Or three months. It was three months, really? Yeah. Jeez. Um, so we went from this like really high adrenaline-filled finale, great cliffhanger of part one into part two. Do you think the break hurt the show? Were you happy to be back? Did you have a hard time kind of getting back into the season? Let me know your thoughts there. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by this because I remember interviews, maybe it was with Jason Bateman, and he was saying like they knew this was going to be the last season and they had written 14 episodes and they were like, oh, that's too many for one season. So how about we just split it up? I really do want to know if there was more to it, because honestly, and I can't wait to get into more of it, but whenever I first started part two and we get to, again, welcome to Spoiler Zone, uh, in the first episode, Javi dies, I kind of was like, did they split this up to almost give them a pass, if that makes sense? Because I was, I think I was talking with you, Keith, about this. Can you just picture how weird this is? All right. You're watching season four, part one. You get to the last episode where Javi has just taken power. He kills Darlene and Wyatt. And then, like, you know, credits roll and you hit the next and it goes to the next episode. And then he dies in that episode. It, it, it's, it's insane. So to me, it almost feels like they took a three month break to, like, give them a pass with some of these weird kind of. I think, odd decisions, because you, you don't think about it as much. You don't think about it when you're watching Javi die, that the last episode is when he finally took power and is like the main villain and all that. So that's kind of how it felt to me. I'm sure I think there was more to it than just that they had written 14 episodes and they felt that was too long for one season, because I thought, like we said, they lost momentum as well. But they made some bonkers decisions just in the first episode of this new season. It felt like maybe that's why they took a break, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm a little split on Javi dying right away because one of the things I like about Ozark is it's, it's always been a show that it doesn't really get attached to its characters. It's very willing to surprisingly and out of nowhere just kill people off, which is kind of keeps the show fresh and new as we get into more and more seasons. I thought it was an interesting choice to kill Javi in the, in the first episode of part two. However, I ha also didn't think about it in the context of if you were watching the whole season together. So maybe that would be a little wonky. I thought it was a cool way to get us back into the show. I thought for sure they were going to drag out the Ruth and Javi kind of rivalry. Um, so it, after, after he dies, I was like, wow, where are we going to go from here? I'm glad there's like so much more stories that they've thought about. And then on the flip side, of course, the stories didn't really lead anywhere. So that's right. something we'll talk about more. Yeah, they killed him and it was like, wow, what a, what a bold decision. And it would have been cool if they had kept the momentum going. But really, just God just makes me like just roll my eyes so hard but really it feels like ozark in its final seven episodes killed javi so they could introduce another <laughs> villain from the cartel family and bring in wendy's dad who was like in a couple episodes previously that all of a sudden is like i'm gonna find my son it's like ugh, this is why we lost javi <laughs> so we could make room for this great <laughs> I do think the presence of Javi in the show definitely outweighs Wendy's dad and Camilla Navarro. I would have rather had him as kind of the main villain for part two because he was so good in part one. So I, I definitely did miss that when he did die. Um, just one more point on them splitting it up between part one and part two. I'm wondering if this is like a Netflix mandate because of all the shows coming out this year. I think there's like four that are doing part one and part two for their final things. And I know Netflix knows that a majority of their consumers binge their stuff in the first weekend that a show comes out. So I'm wondering if they're trying to get those numbers. Like, I wonder if they're trying to double dip on final seasons of their popular shows. Ugh, I hope it doesn't become a trend. Just like 10 years ago, or maybe more than that, whenever they started it with like Harry Potter, it's like, it's the last book, so we got to do two movies. Or like Hunger Games, like all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm wondering about that too, Austin. Like part of me was like, was this like a COVID thing where like it just kind of messed with production so they wanted to get some out, but then wait a little bit for the rest or something? Because uh, I know Stranger Things, uh, that's another big show we'll be talking about soon. They're doing the same thing. Uh, but it's not even the final season. <laughs> it's just like, let's just make season four two parts now. It's like such a, I don't know. I don't, I don't like this trend personally. All right. So let's get into Javi's uh, death a little bit more. Uh, Matt, I think you stated it perfectly. This was only used as a way to make room for more characters that were entering in part two. Overall, what did you think of Ruth killing Javi and the impact on part two? I mean, yeah. What it made room for I did not like at all but I did kind of like the first episode where Ruth you know leaving off last time like 
you know, you're going to have to fucking kill me. Like, you know, watching her just immediately, you know, find out where Javi is, go to Chicago. And then she's starting to have like these weird, she's kind of like dreaming, like what she would do. And like she kills him in a dream. And then that even translates to, you know, her walking up to Marty and Wendy and killing them. Like you can really kind of get into her psyche a little bit, which I found pretty interesting. Um, but because we were getting those kind of flashes, I was like, OK, I guess this is going to be a kind of a, a long game. Like if they're showing Ruth kill, like killing Javi in a dream, then obviously we're not going to get his death until later. But no, we still got it in this episode. And I thought it was filmed very well. Like he literally just like walks into a room like we can only see his back. He like says hi to everybody. Then he gets shot in the head from like the sides. And he just like slumps over. It's like, oh, shit. Like it was a huge surprising moment. I did not think Ruth would, you know, succeed so quickly. So the death itself, I thought, was, you know, like a, a good moment. But then, you know, like you said, it's just like whenever I'm five episodes later and I'm watching the subplots that they chose to put into like the final batch of episodes for this, you know, big, you know, lauded shows like, man, yeah, I missed his presence. And it would have been one thing if in last season or in season four, part one, they had introduced Camilla to have a bigger role. She doesn't have to be a villain, but she can kind, you can kind of be setting it up that she's, you know, a big member of the cartel as well, because it just felt weird that Javi had so much set up, he dies. And then it's just it just the power gets shifted to Camilla. And it's like, I don't really know anything about her. This is the final season. And so now you've killed Javi just so you can start spending time setting up a new villain. So I, it was it was a weird choice to me. If they had set up Camilla earlier, then it would have felt like a more natural transition once Javi dies. And now she's in charge. But it didn't feel that way. It just felt like they were spending a lot of time setting up a new villain. So, yeah, I thought it was a weird choice. I'm still with you. I don't think they should have killed him off at the very beginning. I think Javi was a, a strong villain and they probably should have kept him until the end and let Ruth kill him at the end. I mean, that would have been a satisfying kill for her, but I think it was a little bit premature. I think premature is the right word. Um, they had been setting up this kind of cat and mouse game with Omar in prison and Javi trying to mess with the FBI. And that's what I was excited for, how that relationship was going to play out with the birds in the middle. I thought was going to be really fascinating. And Ultimately, didn't really lead anywhere because Javi died in the first episode. I do think if this had been, if, if part one had been season four and then there'd been a gap and this was season five, I think the feedback on how good Javi was would have changed some decisions. And I think Javi would have played a larger role if this hadn't already been filmed before they released part one and part two. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. And I was going to say, I definitely agree with you that they should have introduced Camilla earlier, like maybe even season three as like Omar's like second in command or something like that, just to kind of build, yeah. build her up a little bit because we get introduced to her second half of this season and, and you can definitely like feel like the, the evilness behind her. I mean, they, I mean, they did a good job with what time they gave her, but I think it would have been more impactful if they would have had her like build up, be like the second in command of the, um, the cartel and then her and Javi like plotting something against Omar the whole time. Yeah, I thought Camilla's final scene with the birds was great, but I think it would have been even better if we'd had more time with this character throughout more seasons. There's just something about it, like storytelling wise, and I don't know, just like we've had a lot of great villains in Ozark, I'd actually say, which, you know, is kind of funny because we joke about like, God, you know, they keep introducing new characters. But I do think for the most part, they've been very strong all the way through. This is the first time where I feel like I wanted to love Camilla, and I thought, you know, the actress and was great. It's just that there was just not enough time. And then to watch her final scene, it's like, oh, she's the one killing Ruth. Like, I get it. You know, Ruth killed Javi. So now she's going to kill Ruth. There was just something about it that just felt off to me. Not that I would have like liked it more if Javi was the one doing it. It just it was just like watching. Here's Ruth Langmore, like, you know, the third lead of the show getting killed by a character that we just don't really care about. There, it's, I know it's like a weird complaint, but it's just like, God, didn't we deserve more there? I, I don't know. And, and like they put in weird slow motion into this scene. It was like the worst death of the series. I thought it was so goofy. <laughs> and it's funny because Camilla actually ties into a broader issue for me with season four, and that is the Navarro cartel. Um, I felt like they were a way better kind of mysterious force that was always in the shadow of the show. And they would operate through people like Helen Pierce. And they were always just this very intimidating thing that you never really wanted the birds to cross. And when season four opens and we get to know Omar, and this is our big bad, and then they introduce Javi, and now he's the big bad. And then, oh, wait, we got Camilla. And now she's actually going to be in charge of the cartel with Marty running it intermittently. They kind of made them feel like a bumbling machine that didn't really know mm -hmm. what they were doing and, and took away a lot of their threat in the show. I think what they did really hurt the Navarro cartel storyline in the show. And that's been such a big part of all four seasons of the show. 
I think if Camilla would have been there earlier, it would have been more threatening. I think she was a lot scarier than Omar. They made a weird choice to keep him in a prison interrogation room the whole season. Yeah. Too. I think if he'd been out and about, he would have been a lot more threatening. Yeah. So it kind of pacified that that part of him. Because with Camilla, she just, especially that last scene with, with her and uh, the Shaw lady, uh, man, you could just feel like the evilness of, of, the, of the cartel within her. Omar, by the end, which, like you said, Austin, he was just in the prison and... It's kind of like, what are they, are they is he ever going to get out of here? Are they ever going to kill him? It's kind of, I kind of just got tired of them going back and forth to the prison and talking to him. Like, it just went on way too yeah. much. Like, move this along. Like, either get him out and back into Mexico or kill him off. But why are you even giving this guy power anymore? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, to that point, uh, the reason Omar didn't have as much of that evil force that we could feel behind him is because if we remember, he wants out. Yeah, exactly. Like the finale of season three is one of the best, I think, cliffhangers I can think of in recent memory where Marty and Wendy get to Mexico with Helen Pierce, like Omar, like seems like a nice guy, like welcome Marty and Wendy bird. And then he just has his guy shoot Helen in the head and like, all the blood goes all over Marty and Wendy. And he just hugs them like, wow, we're going to do great things together. It's like, holy shit, like what a great setup. And then in the the next episode, he's like, Marty and Wendy, I, w- I want out, actually. It's like, what? <laughs> so he never seemed like a villain as much because they immediately U-turned, which I feel like U-turn, Austin, you kind of nailed it. That might be the perfect word to describe a lot of Ozark in general. But um. Yeah, he just always wanted out. So I agree with you, Keith, that like at the very least, Camilla, they never really danced around that. Like, yes, there was that weird thing in the beginning where it's like, oh, she's not a bad person. Like, but then they had like the twist where it's like, oh, shit, like they weren't skimming money from the Navarre cartel. It was Camilla, which I think we all saw coming, but at least they kind of like leaned into it. And then she kind of became a big bad. So I I thought that worked for the most part. But uh, we just needed more time with her. I think that's kind of what it comes down to yeah who do you guys think will be the next one to take over is is it going to be this weird priest character that i don't know why is in the show (laughs) for a while i thought there might be a twist where it was actually the priest ordering the hits (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that might be the most superfluous character in the entirety of ozark i don't know why he's in the show I will say for overall a season that I really just didn't feel anything for, like it is kind of devoid of emotion for me, did not like this final season, like I said. But there was a really cool little bit in here that actually part of me was like, I wonder why that didn't done this sooner. But I, I think ultimately I'm really glad they waited until the final season to do this. And it's kind of Marty pulling a Tom Hagen from the Godfather movies, uh, Robert Duvall's character, who's kind of like the consigliere. He isn't kind of fully in the family, but he has a lot of power. And uh, he ended up taking over as like the head of the uh, family for a little bit in Godfather Part 2. We kind of got that moment here with Marty having to become the de facto head of the cartel for like an episode or two. And he has to go in there. He has to kind of assert himself, assert dominance while still kind of pumping up Omar a little bit. So like if he had gotten out at that point, the family would still like embrace him as their leader. And we get to see him not only be the leader of the cartel for a little bit, but also kind of do his whole accounting thing and maybe find some rats here and there that are skimming. So I, I, I kind of thought this was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed this stuff. Did this, did this work for you? I was so excited for this when they set this up. What a cool idea. What a way to somehow still make you feel sympathetic for Marty after everything because he gets put in this situation by forces outside of his control. I was shocked that this lasted for one episode. I don't know why they set all this up. And then a week later in the show's timeline, Wendy's like, hey, maybe Camilla should do this. I'm going to get Marty out of there, even though I set this up. I thought the show was going to end with the FBI having Omar killed and then Marty reluctantly like trapped at the head of the cartel, like in a grave that he dug for himself because he chose mm. to get into all this. That's where I thought we were going. And this was the biggest letdown of the season for me, the fact that they set all this up and then it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. I really didn't think about that. It, it, did, it was cut off really quickly. But I did like the setup to it, though. And like I, I kind of talked shit about it earlier with Omar always giving them these messages and telling them what to do. It did get kind of old, but if there was any message I liked, it was this one. Like, that to go, you need to go home and you need to do exactly what I would do. Show no weakness. Cause if you show any weakness, they're going to kill you immediately. I, I liked the fact that he was checking their books. Like, like he was running it like, a, like an actual business. I loved all yeah. that. Yeah. 
And then when he has to interrogate that guy, he did not let off the reins. He had to he had to be Omar. So that was really cool. Yeah, we saw Marty on the other side of that in past seasons. So it was interesting to see him in charge there. Um, yeah, I, I loved everything they did with this. Um, that being said, I do agree with Austin that I was still surprised by the end. Like, oh, I guess we're done with this. And it's just kind of a, another issue I have with Wendy as much as I love Laura Linney. But like the writing just I, I didn't understand why they did this. It's like Wendy was the one pushing like, oh, yeah, Marty, you should take over. And he was like reluctantly like, oh, all right, I guess I understand this is our only option. And like you said, Austin, a week later, it's like, oh, Camilla would be great. And it's like, whoa, hold on. Marty has we've talked about how we cannot trust Camilla. Like, why are we doing this? Like, our goal is still to get into with the FBI. Why would we switch this up a week later when I've already like communicated to the FBI that, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but Omar wants me to take over. That's good for us. And the FBI is like, yeah, that is good for us. And then Wendy agrees with that. And then she's just like, eh, get Marty out of there and put Camilla in. It's like, do you not understand? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, for your interest, for the FBI's interest, that doesn't work for anybody. It does lead to a great scene. I think it was the episode four, maybe, which was the one that ended with them getting in traffic and Marty beating the shit out of that guy. That scene was awesome. It's one of the best scenes of this season. I agree. But it's still, like, looking back on what led up to it, I was still like, I just don't understand the U-turn they made with Wendy's decision there. And I think that may be a broader issue with season four in general, because one of the more interesting parts for me of Ozark has always been the fact that Wendy and Marty are married. They're both in this plan together, but they do so much to undermine each other. And this season, they were really setting up that the kids might side with Marty. There's that really great scene between Marty and Charlotte where, where Marty's like, your mom's driving us off a cliff. I don't know what to do. I'm just kind of trapped. Yeah. There were so many points where I thought we were going in different directions. And then Wendy would interfere, which is the way the show has always been. But Wendy would usually interfere with a plan that seemed smart or maybe ruthless, but still fit the bird's goals. And this season, none of Wendy's plans made sense. I don't know if they were trying to show that she's just unraveling with all the pressure they've been under for the duration of the show. But that was another huge issue for me is just everything Wendy did was nonsensical. And that's not really the way the character has been for the majority of the show. She's always been the one that's kind of good at navigating this world. Yeah, that was a big problem I had, too. It's like they were introducing old Wendy characteristics, like season one Wendy. They really tried to redeem her yes, in the final redeeming parts of the was the show. word I was looking for, yeah. They, it's like they were trying to redeem her. And that's what I, I did not want that. I wanted, her, I wanted them to keep building her up and to see, let's see where this goes. Is she going to crash? Is she going to get what she wants? Is she going to get killed? What's going to happen? I mean, it just, I don't know. It's, they didn't wrap things up well for her with me. I was surprised at how much Wendy's and Marty's goals stayed aligned for the season. Maybe not their goals, but like them being on a team stayed aligned for the duration of this show. And I was really surprised at that. I did not think they would, like their last words to each other in this show would be, I love you. And they'd like still be united by the time the show ended. It's also weird that they never actually say that to one another in this show, particularly this season. Like, why does Marty, because Wendy comes at him after Javi dies and she's just like, in, in regards to Ruth, she says something like, why do you always care about people outside our family more than our own family? And it's always weird to me that Marty never says, like, I'm trying because I'm trying to get us out of the situation. Clearly, you like doing this. Like the, the way that we talk about Wendy is somebody that isn't doing this to get out. She's doing this because she likes it. I don't know why they never said that to one another this season. That felt kind of weird to me. Marty never confronted her for being like, well, you just like doing this. So you're making this hard for me because I think part of you wants to stay in this world. Like, there's no reason to swap out me for Camilla. That's not good. So are you just doing this to keep us in the situation? It, I would have loved to hear Wendy's side to that story. I would have loved to hear kind of her rationale, but we never got that because nobody ever asked her, confronted her with it. There was also never a moment where the show earned that I love you moment at the end because they've always been against each other and they don't even have... Wendy has a reconciliation scene with the kids this season, but her and Marty don't ever have that. Just after the fight, for some reason, they're more united, but we never saw the scene. I, I would, I'm guessing there was a scene that was filmed when they were in prison, stuck on opposite sides of the cell together, where they had a conversation that was cut from the show. Because there was a very sharp jump from, we're against each other, Wendy's taking us off a cliff, to, I love you and we're going to be united throughout whatever we have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, think about season one. The pilot of the episode... Um... I think it's called Sugarwood or something like that. And Sugarwood is in reference to Wendy's code name for the person that she is having an affair with. Um, so the, one of my favorite parts about this show is that it started with 
you know, a married couple, like the love is kind of lost. You know, Wendy has chosen to start an affair and then they get into this fucked up situation and they have to, their entire family have to leave and go to the Ozarks and start this life together. So you're kind of in this weird situation where Wendy doesn't really love Marty anymore, but because of the situation, she has to go with her kids, move to another place and start this new life even though she probably doesn't want to live with him or be with him anymore. Um, so that was kind of always the weird thing about the show. It's like, okay, they're kind of building and they have like moments like where like, you know, they, they get a win and they kind of, you know, show that by like they have like, a, like they have sex and it's like, oh, they're in love again. But no, it's just like they're kind of, um, I don't know, they're just excited about their situation. So I always thought kind of like you said, Austin, that it was going to end up leading to the end of the show where they, they get out, they try and go back to a normal life and they're like, oh, wait. Yeah, we we can't do a normal kind of thing together. <laughs> we just don't have that. We don't have that anymore, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. Like when, once you get to the end, and it's like I love you. It's like, huh? Yeah, that that seems not. It doesn't track with what they had showed us previously. It's another example of the show trying to redeem these characters because they tried to give us that moment with Wendy and the kids, and now they're like, look, they're still a team. They still do. They really do love each other despite everything, and it just never felt very earned to me. Yeah, it's not what I wanted. I think I think some people wanted this show really wanting a happy family together at the end, which you'd kind of get, I guess. Another character that they completely you turned on was Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole time he's hating his mom, he's living in the motel, he's laundering money for Ruth, and he's hanging out with his grandpa, but then his grandpa turns out to be a, an asshole alcoholic, and then he's like, oh, I, I, now I like my mom because she was right about you. Yeah, exactly. That's the U-turn. It's just like, Oh, because you had a horrible childhood, which, you know, that sucks. But it's like, that was the weirdly the moment where Jonah's like, he comes back around to her. So stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I listened back to the ending of our season four part one episode where we talked about our theories and thoughts. And here's a Matt Johnson original quote. There is no way all four birds make it out of this. Somehow all four of them survived the car crash. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about the car crash. That's one of the dumbest things ever. Um, We also said, before we get to the car crash, will Wendy sacrifice more of her family members? We thought uh, she would break bad fully and sacrifice Marty. But no, she loves him now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Uh, Both of those points are based on things they were setting up. And then did not follow through on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So... Speaking of the car crash, Austin, you had a great theory where you said, well, based on the car crash, based on kind of like the ending shot, you can see kind of bodies slumped in the back seat where the kids were. So we were saying, or you were saying, sorry, will the kids die in the car crash, forcing the birds to do something drastic in order to finish the job or get out of their situation? So for those that don't remember, season four, part one opens with just a scene of Marty and the whole family, even though they don't like each other. It's like, oh, I guess this is a flash forward. They're driving all happily. And then they get run off the road, do like 12 barrel rolls, and just they're all probably dead. Um, And then it takes all the way until the final episode of season four, part two. We get to that scene. I was feeling the tension. I was like, oh, shit. Here we go. What's going to happen here? What's what's this going to mean? And then they crash. They all get out of it. And they're all fine. And it begs the question, why did we tease this in the first place? (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was watching closely this time when we got to this scene. They are on the right side of the road and that 18 wheeler veers into their lane. Why did that happen? I don't know. Not paying attention, I guess. (laughs) The driver was thinking about like all the U-turns that Ozark had made. And he was like, oh, it's so weird. Like, oh, shit. (laughs) I was thinking that, too, because I thought when we saw that the foreshadow in part one that Marty wasn't paying attention because they were talking or or something like that. And he just went into the other lane. But, yeah, like you said, Austin, like this, it's just 18-wheeler went into this, their lane. The KC mob controls all of the shipping, ground shipping in this area. Why is this not part of a KC mod story? That is another thing to bring up, Austin. Where was Frank Cosgrove Jr.? Another setup that Ruth and he are going to team up to take down. Javi and the cartel and Frank Cosgrove's role is Ruth is like, hey, man, do you have a gun I can have? He's like, yeah. Then also, hey, man, can you help me get heroin out of the farm? Yeah. That was his role this season. (laughs) Um, So they spent a lot of time trying to redeem him and set him up only for nothing to really happen. He's in two episodes this season. So, yeah, the KC mob did not factor in. So there you go. 
Just to go back to the car crash, I couldn't believe the payoff to this scene and all the buildup was them walking up to the priest and going, we got in a little bit of an accident. And then him doing the Catholic cross and going, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> what? Do you want forgiveness, Wendy? My God. <laughs> it's so bad. I just, yeah, I can't overstate it how shocked I was that like. This should have been cut. Yeah. They, they added no value this. to the story. It never comes back later. Nothing drastic gets taken out of the show from this. It's just for a conversation to say we were in an accident. Let's get into Wendy's dad more, because um, this was a character I never cared about and never wanted more involvement from in the show. And the fact that he takes up so much time in this season was a huge letdown for me. He is in this a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so what did you guys think about the whole him starting like a, the movement with Ben and then Wendy kind of going along with it? Did you guys like that? I thought there was way too much time given to that in this season. Um, I thought we were kind of past Ben in part two. And so when he pulls up on a bus and it's like, we're bringing the story back, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so ready for this to be over. It's weird because it's realistic. It's like, yeah, you know, we can be done with Ben after he died in season three. But it's just like nobody's going to let that go. Like people are going to be searching for him. People want to know what happened to him. So I understand that aspect. It's like, oh, it's kind of this realistic thing. It's like, you know, Wendy, you made a pretty big, pretty big move having him killed to save your ass. And maybe you saved your ass for a little bit, but like that's going to come back to haunt you, not just like mentally. But I mean, like, I mean, people are going to be looking for him. Like, you know, Saddam's looking for him. The dad's looking for him. And it's like, that's something you're going to have to deal with. My problem with it, like you kind of said, is just that we kind of saw this last part, like season four, part one, where it's like, you know, Ruth and like the Langmores and, and like even Jonah went along with it. It's like, let's put up flyers around. Let's, let's find Ben. And so it's like, we kind of already did that. So now it's just, again, you know, it's just with a new group of people. It's like, hey, guys, keep an eye out for this guy. And then Wendy has to play along. So it's not that I, I guess I appreciated the realism, but it's just that we've already done this. So I was kind of over it, kind of like you said. That's a great way to put it. This was nothing new for the show. So it was very uninteresting for me. Yeah. Same here. Waste of time. I did think the best scenes from this were the scenes between the grandpa and Ruth. I thought both of those two scenes mm. were fantastic. Oh, yeah, those were good. Yeah, those were really good, actually. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, this guy was a slime ball. <laughs> so the grandpa is a side character. The show chooses to give a lot of time to the season, but he's not the only one. Uh, for whatever reason, we have a lot more side characters coming in in the finale of this show. What did you guys think of Rachel and this random new sheriff? Rachel, I think, deserves a longer conversation. The sheriff. I, it's another example. I laughed out loud, guys. Do you remember? So we had uh, we had like the the sheriff that was like the long running guy the Snells had in their pocket, so he could never do his job the way he wanted to because he was indebted to them. And then in season four, part one, early on, Javi kills him great and then scene. brings the corpse to the birds, and I was like, I solved your problem. It's like another oh, great shit. scene. Um, and so then for like the rest of that part, they bring in a new sheriff, and we were I remember when I was listening back, we uh. We had some thoughts. We were like, you know what? This is, this is kind of interesting because now we're seeing a sheriff in town that doesn't have this connection to the Snells. And she's actually kind of curious about what the birds and the Langmores are doing. So she's kind of maybe kind of help out with the investigation side. I'm sure Maya and Mel Saddam will meet with this character and they're going to kind of maybe tackle the birds that way. And literally... Like, was there a scheduling conflict? In season four, part two, that sheriff is gone and it's a new guy. Yeah, she gets handed the foster baby from Ruth, and I guess just leaves with the kid. Like, did she steal the baby? Where's Zeke? Find Zeke. Don't find Ben. Find <laughs> Zeke. Yeah. Hashtag find Zeke. Yeah, it's just a new sheriff that, like, I guess is like willing to work with Ruth, but he's also antagonistic towards her, and then he's trying to do his job. So, like, he wasn't. It's not like he was bad, but he was in a lot of scenes, and I was just like. Why is there a new sheriff here? We, we were introduced to him like two, three months ago. <laughs> I thought the performance was good by this new sheriff. And I did really enjoy all the scenes that he shared with Ruth because I like that they have some history there and clearly their families know each other. So all of that I thought was really interesting. But just the handoff from the other sheriff to this sheriff was so clunky. Um, I, I'm trying to even remember what they even said. They're like, oh, yep, she left. I don't remember. Like, She's left. And they're like, what? Like, yep, he's gone. Okay. Like, oh, okay. What was her name again? <laughs> All right. So let, let's talk about another side character. Probably, I would say, the other major side character with the new sheriff, uh, Wendy's dad, and Rachel. Uh, Rachel's a character I always liked in seasons one and two. Kind of willing to 
work with Marty, understood the situation, then ultimately takes some of the money and makes a break for it. She's back in the final season in a weird role of she's going to become Ruth's business partner so that they can make the businesses legitimate. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But it's just another example of why are we focusing on this now? I like, you know, Rachel, like fine character, but bring her back and she's in so many scenes. It just kind of feels like, I don't know, just like a, like a big stop sign up, for like the main story. They just like said, hey, hold on. Here's a familiar face and here's what we're doing with her. And it's like it just it didn't really propel anything forward. So I didn't really see the point of it other than it just being like a final season thing of like, hey, remember the earlier seasons? Like, God, what a cool show. <laughs> like, that's how it felt kind of. Yeah, this is another character. It felt like the show just wanted you to have a chance to say goodbye to everyone's favorite character, Rachel, who we hadn't seen <laughs> in a long time. Um for me, after Ruth gets her record expunged, there's no reason for Rachel to be in, in the rest of the yes. season. Yeah. She should just go back to Miami. And the fact that she also killed Nelson, who's been so imposing this entire show, I, don't, I didn't really like that element either. I felt like that should have been done by the birds or by Ruth. I did like the scene where she killed Nelson. Like, I agree with you, Austin. I think it could have been Ruth or somebody else. It would, still would have been a cool scene for somebody to get on top of the roof in the rain as he shows up. Uh, yeah, it looked, yeah, it looked really cool. Yeah, the did. filming of the scene was awesome. And, and the tension with him originally following Ruth and then, oh, no, is Rachel not going to make it out of this? Like, that was all great. It's just the fact that this is a character we haven't seen in two seasons. And so she comes back and kills Nelson, who has been so heavily involved with everybody else in a threat. Just the fact that Rachel was the one that did it was what I didn't like about it. It, it seemed too easy for her, too. Like, Ruth was just like, you're going to have to get on the roof and kill him. Hey, is, is three there? I, yeah, I don't want him to get shot. I don't know if he's living there today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we have a few more points here to cover before we close out. But I did want to get kind of just a barometer. I know we kind of have um, we're not super positive on this uh, final season. But I think when it comes to shows like this, it's always super fun to talk about the finale itself because they kind of make or break shows like this. So I know we kind of alluded to it a little bit, but let's talk in a little bit more detail. What did you guys think of the series finale specifically? Like I said, I, I did think it fit the world. Um, I thought the finale was one of the better episodes. I'm, I don't know if the ending is fantastic, but I, I just thought the, the tension and the kind of sense of foreboding in the finale was great, especially when they get to the party. And everything seems to be working out perfectly. And the way that the birds might make it out, but it's still going to be at a cost to the Langmores, I thought was interesting because the Langmore curse has been such a big part of the show. It's something with Wendy not getting hers is what's bothering me. Like, I feel like Wendy definitely deserves, maybe not a death, but definitely not a great ending. Yeah, like you said, Austin, everything's wrapping up perfectly at the end. But Camilla wants to kill Ruth because she killed Javi. I think that would have been a good moment for Wendy to maybe step in. And, and if you do want to get some re redemption for Wendy, that would have been the moment. Especially since they had that moment at the clinic where her and Ruth kind of reconciled. Yes. Yeah. So her, yeah, it was a perfect setup. Her and Ruth kind of reconcile. And then maybe if Wendy finds out, well, yeah, she does find out that Camilla's going to go kill Ruth. And instead of her and Marty talking about it, Wendy could have, I know they were being watched. So that kind of made it, it was a really intense, like four or five minutes of that last episode. Uh, but maybe Wendy could have been there to stop Camilla from killing Ruth. That would have been really cool. Well, I also was surprised that Claire covered for Wendy after everything the birds have done to her. I thought there might have been a chance for Claire to get kind of her revenge, too, by saying, and by the way, the birds were there because that's all she had to do. And then she would have kind of gotten free of the birds influence on, on her life. Yeah, it was just a very weird finale to me. I just did not like it. I think there were some good scenes in a vacuum, but they just did not earn them at all. Like, I'm with you. I actually kind of like the scene where, you know, Wendy and Ruth finally have the conversation because, yes, it was Wendy's fault that Ben died. But I've always felt and Ruth never took like ownership of it. But it, it, was, it was Ruth's fault that Ben was kind of not getting the help he needed because she kept like pulling him out of these clinics where he needed to be. Um, so that so part of it's on her. I'm glad they acknowledged that and kind of apologized and with like Ruth's dad, too, even though I don't think Ruth cares that her dad died. I think she wanted him dead. Um, that's a cool scene, but it's just like it just felt so goofy. Like whenever we see Ruth and Marty's final scene, like they don't like each other. Well, I guess Marty still cares about Ruth, but Ruth like hates Marty at this point. And there's just a scene where Marty walks up to her and like they're just drinking a beer and like they're laughing together. I'm like, you're just doing this because it's the final scene they're going to have together. Like, you didn't earn 
this weird like reconciliation that you're doing. And the weirdest moment of the sh- maybe the show for me is what you guys were just talking about is like the it, it had a good setup of like Camilla and like the Claire scene with the birds there at the party. And it's just like basically saying Ruth Langmore did it. And it really, really feels like that Marty and or Wendy like are going to do something to somehow save Ruth. And they have this weird like, I love you. Like they I think they maybe they kiss or they hug each other. And it's just like, oh, they're Marty is like doing that. So he's going to he's going to go try and save Ruth. It's just so weird for me that Marty and Wendy Bird hear that basically they get confirmation Camilla is going to go kill Ruth and neither of them even make an effort to prevent that. That just seems so out of character, particularly for Marty. I thought this was bizarre. Like, I'm not saying Ruth needed to survive the show, but the way they did this was very out of character, I felt. They didn't earn this at all, like you said. I, I The way I took it is... The kids are threatened in this scene where they say, if you interfere, this guy's going to kill your kids. And we've had so many conversations of Wendy always saying, why do you keep choosing Ruth over your family? And so I think this was supposed to be the moment where Marty chooses his family over Ruth. It wasn't set up effectively. I agree with you. But that's how I took the scene. That's fair. It did seem like they accepted it too easily. But yeah, that's a good point. The other thing I found interesting is they've always said there's another option or they always have other plans they can go to. And, And the fact that we get to this moment And Marty goes, there's no other play here. I thought it was another moment that wasn't set up very effectively, but it was really interesting that Marty had kind of realized this is the cost for them to get out. And so he's kind of accepted it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Like the other weird things is like, like you guys kind of alluded to earlier, it took this long, like it took all the way to the end of the finale to kind of wrap up the Omar being in jail thing where it's like Camilla finally is like, yes, I'm going to take power. So then they arrange like the, prison transfer where weirdly one of the guys kills the cop there. I was like, why did he do that? And then he kills Omar after that. Um, So by this point, if they had done it earlier in the season, I would have cared more. But I think like kind of we said, I just did not care. Even though Omar was getting killed in this scene, I was like, why did this take so long? Why did we spend so much time with him pretending to have power in prison when he really didn't? (laughs) Just to, okay, he's dead now. Who cares? This is another thing that was not set up very effectively, but throughout this show, there's been so many revolving heads of the cartel. And so I also thought it was interesting that Omar dies, and but already there's another head in place, like this cartel is never going to go away. That's kind of what I meant when I thought the finale really fit the world, is there are all these threads that have been set up, and they do kind of close out or at least feed back into the finale. None of it was executed or set up very effectively, but I, I do think a lot of the stuff, a lot of the themes that they were going through and, and kind of recurring throughout the show did play a factor in, this, in these final few moments. So before we close out officially here, let's get into Ruth Langmore one more time. Um, she does not make it out of the show. Uh, really cool moment for her. I thought they get her record expunged and it, it does feel like she might finally break the Langmore curse. But of course, because of the bird's involvement, she still can't fully break away from this world. Yeah, it's sad. I guess I would say she is kind of the tragic figure of the show. She's yeah, had to for watch. sure. She's either had to be a part of or watch her entire family die with the exception of three. And yeah, and she's really making strides to be better. Like, yes, maybe she'll do certain things, you know, working at the Missouri Bell. Like she's fine with like all the, all the laundering, which I get. That's, I don't think that makes her a bad person in this case with the FBI's involvement. But yeah, she really is making strides to be better. Uh, you know, we see that's like those scenes with her um, and like the person that will expunge her record. And it's like, yeah, I actually kind of believe like the stuff she's saying. I and mean, like whenever Marty comes to her later and she's like, it's not personal, you know, just like, but yeah, no, I'm not helping you. Like, sorry, I don't really care what the ramifications are for you or your family because you don't care about mine. So just sorry. So I, I like that stuff. And then it makes it all the more tragic when she's really kind of the one casualty at the end. Um the Laymore curse continues, like you said, perfectly awesome. It's not she made strides to be better, but with, you know, the birds in town <laughs> doing their thing, it's just like, you know, it's going to be a hard thing to get away with. Like they're prioritizing their family over you. So sorry. Yeah, I think Ruth is the one thing that wasn't botched for the entirety of the show. I think her story yeah. and the arc of her character is really interesting and, and one of the better TV arcs I, I've seen. The big debate with this ending is like, is it supposed to be satisfying? Because if it's supposed to be satisfying, then you're definitely not satisfied. I'm definitely not satisfied. But maybe that's the whole point. So maybe that's where I'm, I'm left just kind of puzzled. It's like, man, I was really hoping Ruth was going to come out on top and that Wendy was going to somehow not come out on top and Marty and the kids would go off and just live a life. That's what, I was, that's what I was wanting out of this ending. The whole point of the show has been that evil people are going to get away with stuff. There's, I don't think there's ever really been a point that you no know, good is going to 
thrive or whatever. Like I, I don't, I've never gotten that message from this show. So I, I thought Ruth dying and, and the bird still being alive and being able to almost make it out. And then the cartel is maintaining their place, their position with the FBI. I, I, that's why, kind of why I thought it really fit is because we've never really been setting up for a happy ending or that the good people might win in this show. I, I don't think we've ever been heading that way. Yeah. So I agree with both of you. I think whenever I was talking about non-spoilers that I took a message away at the finale, it was that, sorry, Mel, you know, you're saying that I'm going to bring you to justice, but sometimes bad people get away with it. Like, that's what I took away from it. But I also agree with you, Keith, that that's fine, but that was not satisfying for me. Um, it was just a very kind of whatever takeaway. It's like, yes, I agree with you, Austin, that they kind of, they never set it up that it would be the otherwise, like that something else would happen. But still, just like seeing all of them kind of get away with it, no issues, we're all family again, even though they didn't earn that. It's like, yeah, sure, that, I, I took away the same thing. I just didn't feel like satisfied by it for whatever reason. And I hated watching Ruth die too, but I, I do agree that that kind of fit in the world. And it was it was effectively sad for me. I felt very sad watching Ruth go. I did, like I said earlier, I wish somehow, maybe it, I wish it wasn't Camilla just because I don't think this like villain was set up super well, but I thought it worked. Uh, remove the slow-mo, please, in a, an edited version. <laughs> but um, ultimately, yeah, I mean, the ending didn't really work for me because I just, I don't know. I think about something like Breaking Bad where you watch that show and if Walter White gets away with it, you're like, yes, because I've been rooting for him. But then also if he gets gunned down at the end, you're like, okay, yeah, he deserved that. Like, I want, I want to see the other side characters succeed. Now that I'm kind of saying that out loud, I think maybe the problem with Ozark is they did not effectively set that kind of back and forth up for all of the main characters because there's four people in this family. And I don't think that all of them should get away with it or all of them should die, if that makes sense. Like, they just kind of picked one or the other. But... I think there could have been more nuance there. There could have been like, well, we don't all have to get away. We don't all have to die. Like we could do something more interesting. And they kind of just chose, I think, the least interesting version, which is like, we all got away with it. We're a big, happy family. So, yeah. Well, they do make it ambiguous um, towards the end. It does, it does cut to black. I actually don't think they get away with it. I think with Ruth dead, there's nobody to run the casino and launder the money. So I think the cartel is going to force Marty back into that role. Well, that's the big thing. The story is not done. Am I crazy for saying that? It's like, let's say the best scenario here, like remove the fade to black. I mean, the best scenario, I guess, is that Jonah shoots Mel and then they can get rid of his body. I guess at some point they'd have to get rid of Ruth's body. They're not out scot-free. I feel like there's a lot more work to be done. <laughs> Camilla is now in charge of the cartel. You don't have Ruth, like you said, to launder the money, which the FBI signed off on. So that's going to be a very huge hindrance, meaning they have to find another place to launder the money or they have to find another person to do it. Rachel's not going to do it without Ruth being there. So, yeah, it just I was watching this and watching like all the characters like smile to each other in that final scene. Like, no, oh, our son's going to kill this guy. It's like, even if he does, like. There's at least another season of storytelling to be done. Like they have not gotten out of this even remotely. Like they're, they're nowhere close. And that point is is actually another reason why I think it fits the world is because every time they think they've accomplished something, there's always something that pops up and they have more stuff to do. So I like that even in the moment when they have the pardons and they're set, all set to pack and move to Chicago, there's just another thing that pops up and may cause them to have to get sucked back into this world. Makes you question Camilla's decision too to kill Ruth. Even like you know why she does it because she killed Javi, but everything was all set in stone for her too. Like it was not it was not just Marty and Wendy's livelihood on the line. It's also the cartel's livelihood on the line. So it makes you question why why would Camilla sacrifice all that for one chick? I think that's the difference between her and Omar. Is Omar wants out, and Camilla hasn't necessarily ever communicated those goals. So she may still just want to keep running the cartel. Maybe this might cost her the deal with the FBI and, and all that. I don't think she cares about that stuff. Yeah, she'll just do the Omar thing where she's going to be like to Marty and Wendy, hey, I don't care how you do it, but you have to find somebody else to launder the money in the casino. If you don't, I'll kill you. Get Sam, the sad guy from the hotel that you guys keep fucking over to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the point. It's just like I, I was very shocked that the show ends really. I wouldn't say in the middle of the story, but it doesn't end at the end, if that makes sense. Like I didn't need to see like the Bird family driving home to Chicago and starting their life together. But I was surprised at like all of the threads kind of left open. I mean, really, it's just like they have not accomplished 
their goal. Like, I, it honestly feels like it's more dire than ever. And like Austin said, that might be more in the world. There's always going to be more for them to have to do and overcome to escape. But I just wasn't personally satisfied by it. So I know you both aren't as high on, on where we left things in the finale, but overall, Ozark is officially wrapped up. Um, how are you feeling about this show in general now that we know the entire story? Yeah, I think I said it before. I I would definitely recommend this show to anybody. Um, it's definitely intense. It's original. And then going into the ending, even though it might not be satisfying, I think it is a different take. Like you said, like I think Matthew nailed it, saying there's a lot more story to be told, which usually at the end of shows, there isn't any more story to be told. So it's kind of cool they do leave it like that. Yeah, I think Ozark is just going to kind of go down as being a very weird show for me. I think seasons one and two didn't really super hook me. I think it took too long to get to the peak, which was season three, which is where all of the members of the family are kind of complicit and they're kind of doing what they can to get each other out. Some of them might be Breaking Bad a little bit more than others, but it's still like they have a unified goal. And it does get crazy at times whenever you introduce characters like Ben to kind of really screw up your plan. So nothing will ever beat that for me. Season four, part one, I didn't really like, but at least it was setting up something really interesting. And season four, part two took all that momentum and kind of squandered it as being just another slow burn of a season. I felt like they could have paced it much better, removed all the side characters that just didn't add anything. And I don't know. I just wish that the finale had satisfied me more. I understand that bad people get away with it sometimes and there's going to be more story to tell. But I just watching Ruth get shot and then immediately cutting to the birds, presumably, you know, executing Mel, just it just didn't really sit right with me. I just whenever the the credits finally rolled in the last episode, I was like, eh, I, yeah, whatever. So it's a show with one great season for me and a lot of good seasons. It's not going to be in my top shows of all time, but. I, I guess I'm glad I watched it. I think I liked a lot of the characters and just wish they had been wrapped up better. But yeah, good show overall. Yeah, I think it's a show that in the end had some execution issues. Um, I, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot to like with those. I would say for me, 75% of the show is good. And then maybe 25% is bad or just kind of blah. Um, overall, for me, it, it will still go down as one of my favorite shows. I think the highs of the show are some of the best moments in TV that I've seen. If they came back in a few years and wanted to tell another story, I'd be okay with that. Where we left things today, um, the fact that I can still kind of trace some, some themes through the show and be like, yeah, that kind of tracks. And the fact that for me, it does fit the world. Um, overall, I am feeling satisfied, but I also wouldn't hate if we had to see more Ozark either. Yeah, that would be kind of cool if they do kind of give us like a couple year break and then just come back for like a fifth season or like a spinoff. I would be down to check it out. All right, guys. Well, before we close out here, it's time to give our Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is, of course, where we give, you know, just something to shout out. It could be positive or negative. Guys, what do you want to award for Ozark Season 4, Part 2? I'm going to have to give the Sexiest Voice Award to Damian Young as Jim Rattlesdorf. This mm. man's voice in this show is soothing. It's calming. Yes. Um, I want to record an audio of him just talking, and I'll fall asleep to it every night. I find him just so sexy, that voice. I want it in my life at all times. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to go with the Questionable Redemption Award. Of course, guys, we've seen our favorites like Darth Vader literally murder a group of young children, aka younglings, if you will, and then murder basically countless people throughout the following years. He's complicit in the destruction of an entire planet. But then at the end, he kills one bad guy and his son goes, I love you, dad. And he's like, I love you, Luke, if that is your real name. Um, and it's a questionable redemption for sure. I think we have the same conversation with one Wendy Bird. At the end, when she's getting these I love yous, she's smiling at her husband, Jason Bateman, as they both look at their kids, giving them the sign off to shoot a man with a shotgun. It does beg the question, should this person have been redeemed? And that is my award today. <laughs> I liked when she smiled at Jason Bateman looking good in that tux. He did look pretty good. He did look pretty good. Jonah got a nice glow up in his suit, too, the way he combed his hair. Jonah was 100% less annoying this season, so I will also award that. He was... Quite possibly insufferable last season. <laughs> you know, see, seeing Jonah with his hair like that, I think uh, I think we found our Harry Potter to our Ron in three. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We cast three as Ron in the upcoming <laughs> Harry Potter reboot. So there you go. Wow. Beautiful. Um, I'm going to give the weirdest baptism award 
And that goes to Sam, the employee at the Lazy O Motel. What a weird scene. <laughs> when they're in the swimming pool, and he's got goggles on, a weird shirt. I don't know. It was just odd. Everybody's like, <laughs> like congratulations, Sam. And <laughs> they're in a, like a, a, a shitty motel swimming pool. We're in the Ozark. Can, can we go to like a lake? <laughs> yeah. There's Please. a nice lake to go do that in. <laughs> I had subtitles on for the show, and, and the subtitles for the grandpa in that scene is, Sam, who would have thought? What? What? <laughs> Sam, what who would have thought? Getting baptized. You not really know him that well. Yeah. Are they setting up a relationship between Sam and the grandpa's girlfriend? Yeah, what was oh, that about? Yeah. I thought they were setting up like an oh, affair. Oh, well, Wendy kind of alluded to it. He's like, I bet she'll teach you a lot. Yeah, oh, she's going to teach him a yeah. lot of things. Like she was, cause She was kind of flirting with him. She was. That was strange. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing came of that. All right. Well, with that, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that to continue to grow the show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday for another episode, and we're going to be talking about the new controversial series. Halo. So there you go. Look forward to that. And just last week, we put out our thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If you want to hear our thoughts on a new horror and violent take for the MCU from Sam Raimi, and also what is the current state of the MCU? What is their plan? We broke all that down, so be sure to go check that out. And lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of the final season of Ozark? Did the finale satisfy you? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. And I gotta say, I'm a little bit sad I'm gonna miss that sultry Jason Bateman voice of him saying, yeah, mm, I'm aware, yeah, I know it. Uh, it's, gonna, it's gonna be sorely a mess, so everybody. Just keep that in mind. Keep that with you. Hold it close. Rest in peace, Ozark. Catch you next time. Bye, three. He's my lover. <laughs> my girlfriend. <laughs>